Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 70. Our theme today is consequences, that our actions and our decisions have consequences. The book of Judges talks about that and shows what that's like. And Jesus himself over and over again, and actually Luke chapter 21, will say the same kinds of things warning people that actions do have consequences. And so let's see what these two different passages have to say about that and what we can learn about that in our own daily lives today. Judges chapter 4. The Israelites again did evil in the Lord's sight after Ehud's death. The Lord turned them over to King Jabin of Canaan, Canaan, who ruled in Hazar. The general of his army was Sisera, who lived in Harasheth Hagioim. The Israelites cried out for help to the Lord because Sisera had 900 chariots with iron-rimmed wheels, and he cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. Now Deborah, a prophetess, wife of Labadoth, was leading Israel at that time. She would sit under the date palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in Ephraimite hill country. The Israelites would come up to her to have their dispute settled. She summoned Barak, son of Abinoam, from Kadesh and Naphtali. She said to him, Is it not true that the Lord God of Israel is commanding you? Go, march to Mount Tabor. Take with you 10,000 men from Naphtali and Zebulun. I will bring Sisera, the general of Jabin's army, to you at the Kishon River, along with his chariots and huge army. I will hand him over to you. Barak said to her, If you go with me, I will go. But if you do not go with me, I will not go. She said, I will indeed go with you but you will not gain fame on the expedition you are undertaking, for the Lord will turn Sisera over to a woman. Deborah got up and went with Barak to Kadesh. Barak summoned men from Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh, and 10,000 men followed him. Deborah went up with him as well. Now Heber the Kenite had moved away from the Kenites, the descendants of Hobab, Moses' father-in-law. He lived near the great tree in Zananim, near Kadesh. When Sisera heard that Barak, son of Abinoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor, he ordered all his chariots, 900 chariots with iron-rimmed wheels, and all the troops he had with him to go from Harasheth Hagoim to the Kishon River. Deborah said to Barak, Spring into action, for this day the Lord is handing Sisera over to you. Has the Lord not taken the lead? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. The Lord routed Sisera, all his chariotry, and all his army with the edge of the sword. Sisera jumped out from his chariot and ran away on foot. Now Barak chased the chariots and the army all the way to Harasheth Haguim. Sisera's whole army died by the edge of the sword. Not even one survived. Now Sisera ran away on foot to the tent of Jael, wife of Heber the Kenite. For King Jabin of Hazor and the family of Heber the Kenite had made a peace treaty. Jael came out and welcomed Sisera. She said to him, Stop and rest, my lord. Stop and rest with me. Don't be afraid. So Sisera stopped to rest in her tent, and she put a blanket over him. He said to her, Give me a little water to drink because I'm thirsty. She opened a goatskin container of milk and gave, some, some, gave him some milk to drink. 
Then she covered him up again. He said to her, Stand watch at the entrance to the tent. If anyone comes along and asks you, Is a man here? Say no. Then Jael, son, uh, wife of Heber, took a tent peg in one hand and a hammer in the other. She crept up on him, drove the tent peg through his temple into the ground while he was asleep from exhaustion, and he died. Now Barak was chasing Sisera. Jael went out to welcome him. She said to him, Come here and I will show you the man you are searching for. He went with her into the tent, and there he saw Sisera sprawled out, dead with the tent peg through the temple. That day God humiliated King Jabin of Canaan before the Israelites. Israel's power continued to overwhelm King Jabin of Canaan until they all they did away with him. On that day, Deborah and Barak, son of Babinoam, sang this song of victory. When the leaders took the lead in Israel, when the people answered the call to war, praise the Lord. Hear, O kings, pay attention, O rulers. I will sing to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord God of Israel. O Lord, when you departed from Seir, when you marched from Edom's plains, the earth shook, the heavens poured down, the clouds poured down rain. The mountains trembled before the Lord, the God of Sinai, before the Lord, the God of Israel. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, caravans disappeared. Travelers had to go on windy side roads. Warriors were scarce. They were scarce in Israel. Until you rose, Deborah, until you rose as a motherly protector in Israel. God chose new leaders. Then fighters appeared in the city gates. But I swear not a shield or spear could be found among 40 military units in Israel. My heart went out to Israel's leaders, to the people who answered the call to war. Praise the Lord. You who ride on light-colored female donkeys, who sit on saddle blankets, who you who walk on the road, pay attention. Hear the sound of those who divide the sheep among the watering places. There they tell of the Lord's victorious deeds, the victorious deeds of his warriors in Israel. Then the Lord's people went down to the city gates. Wake up, wake up, Deborah. Wake up, wake up, sing a song. Get up, Barak. Capture your prisoners of war, son of Abinoam. Then the survivors came down to the mighty ones. The Lord's people came down to me as warriors. They came from Ephraim, who uprooted Amalek. They followed after you, Benjamin, with your soldiers. From Akir, leaders came down. From Zebulun came the ones who marched carrying on an officer's staff. Issachar's leaders were with Deborah. The men of Issachar supported Barak. Into the valley they were sent under Barak's command. Among the clans of Reuben, they were intense heart-searching. Why do you remain among the sheepfolds, listening to the shepherds playing their pipes for their flocks? As for the clans of Reuben, there was intense searching of heart. Gilead stayed put beyond the Jordan River. As for Dan, why did he seek temporary employment in the shipyards? Asher remained on the sea coast. He stayed by his harbors. The men of Zebulun were not concerned about their lives. Naphtali charged them to the battlefields. Kings came. They fought. The kings of Canaan fought at Tanakh by the waters of Megiddo. They took no silver as plunder. From the sky the stars fought. From their paths in the heavens they fought against Sisera. The Kishon River carried them off. The river confronted them. The Kishon River. Step on the necks of the strong. The horses' hooves pounded the ground. The stallions galloped madly. Call judgment down on Meroz, says the angel of the Lord. Be sure to call judgment down on those who live there, because they did not come to help in the Lord's battle, to help in the Lord's battle against the warriors. The most rewarded of women should be Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. She should be the most rewarded of women who live in tents. He asked for water, and she gave him milk, and a bull fit for a king. She served him curds. 
Her left hand reached for the tent peg, her right hand for the workman's hammer. She hammered Sisera. She shattered his skull. She smashed his head. She drove the tent peg through his temple. Between her feet, he collapsed. He fell limp and was lifeless. Between her feet, he collapsed and fell in the spot where he collapsed. There he fell, violently killed. Through the window, she looked. Sisera's mother cried out through the lattice. Why is his chariot so slow to return? Why are the hoofbeats of his chariot horses delayed? The wisest of her ladies answer. Indeed, she even thinks to herself, no doubt they are gathering and dividing the plunder. A girl or two for each man to rape. Sisera is grabbing up colorful cloth. He is grabbing up colorful embroidered cloth. Two pieces of colorful embroidered cloth for the neck of the plunderer. May all your enemies perish like this, O Lord. May those who love you shine like the rising sun at its brightest. And the land had rest for forty years. Now the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight, so the Lord turned them over to the Midian for seven years. The Midianites overwhelmed Israel. Because of Midian, the Israelites made shelters for themselves in the hills, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and the people from the east would attack them. They invaded the land and devoured its crops all the way to Gaza. They left nothing for the Israelites to eat, and they took away the sheep, oxen, and donkeys. When they invaded with their cattle and tents, they were as thick as locusts. Neither they nor their camels could be counted. They came to devour the land. Israel was so severely weakened by Midian that the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. When the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites. He said to them, This is what the Lord God of Israel has said. I brought you up from Egypt and took you out of that place of slavery. I rescued you from Egypt's power and from the power of all who, who oppressed you. I drove them out from before you and gave their land to you. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are now living, but you have disobeyed me. And the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak tree at Orphra, owned by Joash the Abizurite. He arrived while Joash's son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press so he could hide it from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared and said to him, the Lord is with you, courageous warrior. Gideon said to him, Pardon me, but if the Lord is with us, why has such disaster overtaken us? Where are all his miraculous deeds our ancestors told us about? They said, Did the Lord not bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to Midian. Then the Lord himself turned to him and said, You have the strength. Deliver Israel from the power of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Gideon said to him, but Lord, how can I deliver Israel? Just look, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the youngest in my family. The Lord said to him, Ah, but I will be with you. You will strike down the whole Midianite army. Gideon said to him, If you really are pleased with me, then give me a sign as proof that it really is you speaking with me. Do not leave this place until I come back with a gift and present it to you. The Lord said, I will stay here until you come back. Gideon went and prepared a young goat along with unleavened bread made with an ephah of flour. He put the meat in a basket and the broth in a pot. He brought the food to him under the oak tree and presented it to him. God's angel said to him, Put the meat and unleavened bread on this rock and pour out the broth. Gideon did as instructed. The angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread with the tip of his staff, and fire flared up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. The angel of the Lord then disappeared. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he said, O oh no, sovereign Lord, 
I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. The Lord said to him, You are safe. Do not be afraid. You are not going to die. Gideon built an altar for the Lord there and named it, The Lord is on friendly terms with me. To this day, it is still there in Ophrah of the Abizurites. That night, the Lord said to Gideon, Take the bull from your father's herd, as well as a second bull, one that is seven years old. Pull down your father's Baal altar and cut down the nearby Asherah pole. Then build an altar for the Lord your God on top of its strong of this stronghold according to the proper pattern. Take the second bull and offer it as a burnt sacrifice on the wood from the Asherah pole that you cut down. So Gideon took ten of his servants and did just as the Lord had commanded him. He was too afraid of his father's family and the men of the city to do it but broad daylight, so he waited until nighttime. When the men of the city got up in the next morning, they saw the Baal altar pulled down and the nearby Asherah pole cut down and the second bull sacrificed on the newly built altar. They said to one another, Who did this? They investigated the matter thoroughly and concluded that Gideon, son of Joash, had done it. The men of the city said to Joash, Bring out your son so we can execute him. He pulled down the Baal altar and cut down the nearby Asherah pole. But Joash said to all those who confronted him, Must you fight Baal's battles? Must you rescue him? Whoever takes up his cause will die by morning. If he really is a god, let him fight his own battles. After all, it was his altar that was pulled down. That very day, Gideon's father named him Jerub Bel, because he said, Let Baal fight with him, for it was his altar that was pulled down. All the Midianites, Amalekites, and the people of the east assembled. They crossed the Jordan River and camped at the Jezreel Valley. The Lord's Spirit took control of Gideon. He blew a trumpet, summoning the Abizarites to follow him. He sent messengers throughout Manasseh and some of them to follow him as well. He also sent messengers throughout Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali, and they came to meet him. Gideon said to God, If you really intend to use me to deliver Israel, as you promised, then give me a sign as proof. Look, I am putting a wool fleece on the threshing floor. If there is dew only on the fleece and the ground around it is dry, then I will be sure that you will use me to deliver Israel as you promised. The Lord did as he asked. When he got up the next morning, he squeezed the fleece, and there was enough dew dripped from it to fill a bowl. Gideon said to God, Please do not get angry with me when I ask for just one more sign. Please allow me for one more test with the fleece. This time make only the fleece dry while the ground around it covered with dew. That night, God did as he asked. Only the fleece was dry, and the ground around it was covered with dew. And we're going to leave Gideon right there on the brink of a potential battle with the Midianites. And we'll see what happens in our next episode. And now we continue with Luke chapter 21, which continues our theme of consequences. Uh, We see that throughout the book of Judges, but we hear this now in the words of Jesus as he talks about different actions and the consequences that come from them. Luke 21. Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. He also saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. He said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put in more than all of them, for they all offered their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything she had to live on. Now, while some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and offerings, Jesus said, As for these things that you are gazing at, the days will come when not one stone will be left on another. All will be torn down. So they asked him, Teacher, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that these things are about to take place? Jesus said, 
watch out that you are not misled. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is near. Do not follow them. And when you hear of wars and rebellions, do not be afraid, for these things must happen first, but the end will not come at once. Then he said to them, Nation will rise up in arms against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and famines and plagues in various places, and there will be terrifying sights and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will seize you and persecute you, handing you over to the synagogues and prisons. You will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will be a time for you to serve as witnesses. Therefore, be resolved not to rehearse ahead of time how to make your defense. For it will be given, for I will give you the words along with the wisdom that none of the adversaries will be able to stand or withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends, and they will have some of you put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of my name. Yet, not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then you'll know its desolation has come near. Then those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains. Those who are inside the city must depart. Those who are out in the country must not enter it. Because these are the days of vengeance to to fulfill all that is written. Woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing their babies in those days. For there will be great distress on the earth and wrath against this people. They will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away as captives among all nations. Jerusalem will be trampled down by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And there will be signs in the sun and moon and stars, and on the earth nations will be in distress, anxious over the roaring of the sea and the surging waves. People will be fainting from fear and from the expectation of what is coming on the world, for the powers of of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man arriving in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these things begin to happen, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the other trees. When they sprout leaves, you say, see for yourselves, and you know that summer is now near. So also you, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. I tell you the truth, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be on your guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and that day close down upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will overtake all who live on the face of the whole earth. But stay alert at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that must happen and to stand before the Son of Man. So every day Jesus was teaching in the temple courts, but at night he went and stayed on the Mount of Olives, and the people came to him early in the morning to listen to him in the temple courts. And so Jesus here is warning his followers, uh, all who would listen, that there are consequences for our actions, and one day we will stand before him. And the only hope we have is to stand before him, not as our judge, but as our savior, the one who has paid for our sins and taken the consequence of judgment away from us because he's taken it on himself. That is the hope of the Christian life. That is the hope of the Bible. That is the hope we can only have in Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996 2019, 
Used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. 